started this a few times because I'm so excited that it's October. I'm more tongue-tied than usual. But welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, all of you baddies out there. The podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. I can't believe we made it. I'm so happy and excited and I just feel so fulfilled that October is here. I swear I'm one of those people. January 1st hits and I'm like, all right, we only got 10 months till October. (laughs) We're almost there. And then especially when we get to September, you know, it's that thing where the closer you get to something, the further it feels away. Like if you were, when you were a kid in school and it was like, I don't know when everyone got out of school, but in Louisiana, we would get out of school at the end of May and we would get to like May 20th and our last day would be like May 25th. And I would just be like, okay, we're almost there. Every day feels like it's taking an eon. Um, I think I'm just going to burst into tears if I have to be in the school one more day. And then May 25th or 26th or 27th or 28th, whatever would get there. And just the peace that you would feel, the happiness that you would feel that it was finally summer. That is how I feel. We have made it through September. September was actually a pretty gorgeous month. You know, my friend Kyle, who does Astro Kiki Radio, he has talked, you know, at length about how September was really the best month this year. I mean, we all know that October is the best month of any year, but (laughs) cosmically and astrologically, September was the best month of uh, 2019. So, but he promises, I, he's been posting on Facebook and he's promised that October is going to be really great too. So I'm just so happy that it's here. We are truly, truly in the season of the witch and, you know, going into Samhain, we're in the season of the crone. So me and my creaky joints and my knees that hurt all the time have never been happier or more ready. (laughs) It's finally here. Um, you know, I've been wanting, so this kind of spooky thing, well, there's been a few spooky things that have been happening and have happened over like my witch journey that I've been saving for the October episodes. Um, and I thought I was ready to talk about the latest thing that's happened, but I think I'm going to hold on to it a little bit closer to the Halloween Samhain episode because I would love if we could have a true spooky spectacular. So if you have any spooky stories, any it can be like a true witch spooky story or just, you know, any kind of spooky encounters. How many times can I say spooky <laughs> in one intro to a podcast? But, um, you know, it doesn't have to be directly like, oh, I was lighting candles or I cast a circle and this crazy, creepy thing happened. It could be like, I was chilling in my bathroom and a voice said hello to me, which is, which was my first ever encounter with a spirit when I was like 12 or 13. And when I tell you I have never run, for, I've never run that fast in my life or ever run in my life. That was like the first and last time. But yeah. I have a couple of spooky stories I would love to share with you all, um, but I want to crowdsource some of y'all. So if you want to send them in, hit me up at thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com. And for um, for the actual Samhain episode, we will really have a full uh, spook fest and we will talk about all the creepy things that have happened to us because I know that's the fun of October, right? Like, obviously, we're going to do a lot of work this month. Does that sound not fun? <laughs> it's going to be fun work. We're going to do a lot of work this month. We're going to manifest with our manifestation boxes. We're going to go back to that in just one second. But also, it's just fun to be scared. I mean, it's fun to be scared, like, during daylight hours. And then I'll be like, why did I watch that thing? (laughs) It's midnight or 1 a.m. and I'm still up. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or when you wake up at 3 in the morning and you're like, that's it. This is how it ends. (laughs) I shouldn't have done this thing. But, you know, that's really, it's the fun of October is that, we know that the veil is thinning and now we know that all of those things that are unseen are 
definitely poking out a little bit more and definitely trying to communicate with us a little more. And it is, it's fun to be scared in a very controlled environment. So like we can tell some scary ghost stories on the podcast or we can, oh, what's that website that always does the scary story series every October? I want to say Jezebel, but that is so not right. Jezebel or Vice. I'm going to look it up. Uh, I'll look it up and actually get last year's and put it in the Facebook group. But I, it's always fun to be able to listen to something like that or read something like that and then close it and then go on with your day. You know, I don't want to be scared all day and all night, even though I inevitably will be. That's the fun of Halloween. So we got to embrace it, right? It's all about miniature sized candies, ghost stories, um, inappropriate costumes. <laughs> And also embracing your inner crone and doing all the magical work that your heart desires. So I am so excited about October. I, my, my cup truly runneth over. My heart truly runneth over. It's truly just the most wonderful time of year. I Listen, don't let the commercials trick you. Don't let anyone, all those people that want to have Christmas decorations and holiday decorations in the stores by like September 1st, don't let them trick you. That part of the holidays is not the most wonderful time of the year. We're in it right now. So we're going to embrace it wholeheartedly. And the way that we're going to do that on this podcast is with our manifestation boxes. So <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> I think I inadvertently stressed y'all out about this more than I was intending to. So you're listening to this on October 2nd. I know I said October 1st, we're going to start like, get your box together. You got to get together by October 1st. If it takes you until that Friday, the Friday of this week to get it together. If you, you know, are just kind of listening to this now and it finally is clicking to you, what kind of box you want to use. And I know some of you are just coming into the podcast for the first time. Don't stress. <laughs> this is your first episode. You don't have to run out and do this. You can join in when you have the time to or if you feel, if you feel comfortable. And if you don't want to do the challenge this year, that's okay. We'll do another one next year. Maybe we'll do a challenge for Yule. It's, I don't want to stress anyone out. So to just calm all nerves or anxieties about the manifestation box, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything that you have this like immediate spiritual connection to, um, you know, it doesn't have to feel like it's a familial situ familiar situation. It doesn't have to be anything that you decorate. You don't have to put one drop of paint on it. You don't have to add one sequin or crystal or di diamond <laughs> who's just like setting loose diamonds on their box <laughs> probably none of us um you know you some people really found something they connected with and maybe they are more artistically inclined anyway and so they posted in the facebook group and they of course look gorgeous that the boxes that people took their time with and painted themselves amazing if you did that but that's not a requirement it nothing is a requirement aside from having a box and let, let's even loosen up box. It can be a box. It can be one of those biscuit tins that never has biscuits in it. It always has sewing supplies at your grandma's house. <laughs> you know, it can be, uh, looking around my room to see if I have anything that would be a good example. Um, I don't cause the only, the only box I have is my manifestation box. It, it can be, um, you know, a shoe box. It could be a uh, old jewelry box that maybe, you know, an ex gave to you. Just make sure you cleanse it so the energy's right. It could be a matchbox. Like, really, really, it could just be anything that we can close. That is the important part because we want what we put inside to be able to sit in there and kind of marinate in all the intentions we're going to set. And 
to have this this contained space. So don't fret about it. You don't have to get anything fancy. It could be something that's already in your house. It doesn't have to be decorated. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be anything that you're setting up the expectation that it has to be or that I may have set you up to have the expectation for it to be rather just something that you feel like you can connect with in some way. And like I said, I think last week, it could just be something you find beautiful. That's that's totally fine. You know, my whole life uh, growing up, I have a, a brother, but he's my half brother. And I only say that to say he's much, much older than me. So I kind of, I pretty much grew up as an only child once I was old enough to like have control of the house. <laughs> like run my parents ragged. But when he was around when I was very, very little, I remember he had this box that was red velvet on the inside or I don't know if it was velvet. It was red felty material on the inside. And it had uh, seashells glued all around the outside. And I must have gotten it on vacation in like the Bahamas or something when he went with like a school trip. And I just remember being obsessed with that box. Of course, hello, triple water sign. I am a sea witch. Of course, I wanted to just hold it and I would run my fingers over that thing for hours, literal hours. And was it necessarily a magical box? Well, probably not. Was it necessarily, you know, something that was speaking to the witch part of me? I don't think so. I think I was just connecting with it because I was a water, watery witch kid and I didn't really know it yet. Well, I knew it was a Pisces, but I know I was a sea witch yet. But I just remember being obsessed with this box. And so had I still had access to the box, I would have used that. Just It was just something that I thought was pretty because I didn't know at the time what was going on with it. I thought it was pretty. I liked that the shells always felt cool under my fingertips. I liked that it was kind of ragged and rough in places and I could run my fingers over that. It was really like a sensory experience. So yeah, if I had that, I would still totally make use of it. I'm actually going to call my brother when I'm done recording and be like, hey, you still got that shell box? Because, uh... <laughs> I'm not going to use it for anything magical because I already have what I'm going to use. But like, can I just have it? I really like it. So yeah, anything that just pleases you in some way. It doesn't have to be christened under a full moon. It doesn't have to be gifted to you by an elder witch. It doesn't have to sing uh, the song of the siren when you open it. Just anything that you find pleasing. I know a lot of people are just using like cigar boxes, like vintage cigar boxes that they got. Someone said that they got one at Goodwill. I think that's a great idea. Goodwill would be an awesome place to go and like find something kind of maybe unique that speaks to you. Um, or even just a wood box. Anything. Anything. You can't do it wrong. I, that's like the second mantra of this podcast. You can't really do it wrong as long as you're trying and as long as we're just, you know, following the things that we're placing out to be followed. So don't stress. And if I did stress you out, I'm very sorry about that. I certainly didn't mean to. Um, and I'll, I mean, I'll be honest, like when I told y'all the box that I'm going to use just kind of reappeared in my life and I've mentioned it on the podcast probably like way early days and maybe in like a bonus episode and that it just kind of came back into my life when I decided that we should do this Samhain challenge. Yeah, that was weird and kind of freaky. Just like everything that happens with this witch thing is, and I don't know, maybe when I told y'all that I made it sound like you have to go and find this like buried treasure from your past to use, but no, anything that you want to use is good for us because it's not the box that necessarily carries the magic. It is us that carries the magic. We are the witches. The magic is inside of all of us. And you know, that we'll be doing this as a coven. Then that collective magic is going to help bolster our individual magic. 
Some of you may have already started setting up your box, but let's start from a clean slate as if you have put nothing in it yet and just walk through what we're going to add to it and then what the actual challenge is going to be that we're going to do with it. So what I did with my box is I cleansed it because it had been goddess knows where for many, many, many years. I mean, I hadn't seen it between the ages of maybe 18 and 32. So who knows what it encountered in that time. So I, um, before I even put it on my altar and that's, we are going to be keeping our box in the center of our altar. If that's okay, if you don't have anything already occupying that space, if you don't have your altar set up yet, that's okay too. Um, if you don't, I would place it in a space that has just a good spiritual energy to you. Um, or I would place it by your bed because we do do a lot of manifesting in our sleep, whether we intend to or not. But because also because manifestation, meditation, here we go. Because man, wow, I did it again. Because meditation will be a part of the challenge. It might be nice to have it next to the bed because I find that that's a really easy spot for people to meditate. It's like the end of the day, you finally have a little bit of quiet and you're going into that bit of a trance state anyway. So I find that that's a really easy time. Well, <laughs> not really easy, but it's an easier time for people to transition into meditation for the evening or for the day. So if you want to put by your bed, that might be a really great place for you. Mine is in the middle of my altar. So I got it. I blew, I don't know, 15 years worth of dust off of it. <laughs> I can't remember what movie I'm thinking. Oh, I think it's Hocus Pocus, actually, where Max picks up the book and he, like, blows it and just layers upon layers of dust go flying into the air. That was pretty much the exact same thing I experienced it. I experienced with it. So I physically cleaned it off. Like, I got a soft cloth and I just wiped it all down. And then I uh, smudged the whole box with Palo Santo that I have left. Don't worry, I've not gone out and bought any more. It's just one that I've been holding on to since we, um, or it came to my attention that uh, it's, you know, being depleted. And of course, we're not buying it anymore. So I have one piece that I'm like burning down to a nub, honey. <laughs> so I did it with Palo Santo. And then I went behind it with Florida water and I just sprayed the whole thing down. Now, you don't have to do both. You don't have to use Palo Santo. You don't have to use, you use whatever you're comfortable with. And you don't have to spray it with Florida water, especially if it's the kind of box where it will damage it for mine. Mine is actually some kind of cardboard, I'm pretty certain. So, I mean, it probably wasn't the best idea to get it once. <laughs> but, you know, what are a few spritzes going to do? Spiritual cleansing is more important than a few damn spots, if you ask me. So, I cleanse mine out. I just rub my hands together. You know how I like to get my little heat energy going. And I place it on the box. And I wasn't thinking in that moment to have a specific intention or a specific spell that I was transferring into it. Just more the idea of bonding with it, you know, cause you, that's the thing. You don't have to find a box that you're already like, Oh my God, that's the one you can bond with it. You, you can create, you know, that cord between you and the object and that's just as powerful. So I was really just, you know, bonding with it again, especially cause it had been lost in the sands of time. <laughs> and um, also just, not giving it a specific intention again, but just giving it a, a feeling of warmth and of abundance and of positivity and of light. It was a lot of light energy. And I was just kind of establishing with the box that it was in this moment becoming a magical tool. You know, it would be used in the Samhain challenge and it's going to carry its own magic now and I'm kind of transferring my magic into it. And that it's a part of something great. It's just really animating it. And I know it sounds kind of crazy.
crazy because obviously this isn't an inanimate object, but objects can absolutely hold magic and their own magic. And that's why, you know, sometimes when you uh, go by like an antique store and you see like a creepy old doll, you're like, uh -uh, I don't like whatever's going on here. No, thank you. <laughs> or when you pass by uh, a tree or a flower and you just feel like positivity and that natural like a buoyance coming through it, that everything carries its own magic. And so I was just lending my magic to the box so it could be a part of something amazing. So once we're all cleaned out and, you know, like physically clean, or if you've painted it and sequined it up with, I don't know why I keep going to sequence. <laughs> Clearly my uh, dance school passed five, six, seven, eight. So once you've done all that, you know, obviously let it dry. Don't, don't go mess it up because I'm saying, oh, spray it down with Florida water. <laughs> but once it has been actually cleansed, cleansed, once it's been actually cleaned and actually cleansed, which are two separate things. Then we're going to start adding our trinkets to it. So for me, what I have is I have a stick of, uh, I was about to say a stick of lavender. No, I have a stick of cinnamon. I have a bay leaf. I have lavender petals. I have an evil eye pendant that I got in Paros over the summer. It's one of those necklaces. You know, when you like go traveling and you buy jewelry off the side of the road or whatever, and sometimes they're made of nickel. And so they start to turn your skin green. Well, and it doesn't even happen, like, if you don't do it excessively, but I'm an excessive person, so I was just wearing it every day, and so I can't wear it anymore, but I love it so much, and it is very powerful, and I got it from one of my favorite places in the world at a very special time in my life, and so I can't physically wear it, but I added it to my manifestation box because the evil eye is very, very important to me. Um, I also put in, oh my gosh, let me remember what's crystals. I have an amethyst, I have a tiger's eye, I have a moonstone, I have a lapis lazuli, and I put my bloodstone in there. Oh, and a citrine, and uh, something else, something else. Malachite, was that, how many was that? I'm missing one, I'm definitely missing one. I'm gonna have to go and actually look inside of it. But yeah, it's anything like that. So you don't, obviously don't have to put cinnamon, lavender, bay leaves like I did. You can put in whatever herbs you feel called to put in, whatever oils you feel called to put in. I mean, it's your box too. So if an oil or a water or something is gonna damage it, if you don't care, I certainly don't care. It doesn't make the magic any less powerful. In fact, it enhances it because you're putting all of your magical elements into it. Just make sure it's nothing that's gonna like eat a hole through the box because we do need it to be sealed. So any herbs, any oils, any crystals, um, any pendants, you know, like say you wanted to work on manifesting something in your relationship. I wouldn't say necessarily put your engagement ring in there, <laughs> like your wedding bands, but I would maybe take like a trinket that represents your relationship. You know, like me and my ex, um, he gave me a necklace that had two diamond hearts on it. And if we were still together and I wanted to focus on our relationship with the challenge, then I would add that in because it's not something that I can go, it is something I can go without for 30 you know, days, like 30 give or take, <laughs> depending on when you're actually starting. Um, I know some people have talked about adding in um, feathers, adding in pine cones, adding in, uh, it's, it's like, you know, if you ever were outside and found a really magical rock that you just connected to, it doesn't even have to be like you came across a hunk of quartz out in the world. Oh, rose quartz. That's the other one that's in my box. <laughs> okay, good. But yeah, it doesn't have to be some specific crystal. It could just be a rock that spoke to you. It can be some dried flowers. It can be some fresh petals. It can be, um, you know, a sachet of all your favorite herbs together. It could be a ribbon from your childhood that was really special to you. It could be 
an old teddy bear, depending how big your box is. It could be, you know, um, like my mom has my great, wait, am I right? My mom has my great grandmother's wedding bands. And, you know, as a hereditary witch, it's something that's very much like in my lineage, my DNA. So I'm very much um, encouraged by my ancestors that have passed on to practice and they watch over me a lot. They protect me a lot. I mean, all our ancestors are always like kicking up, trust me. And they, whoo, are they going to make themselves known this month? You just wait and see, especially look for any, um, white feathers. They are going to make them in flashing lights. They are going to make themselves known, honey. They love October. <laughs> Cannot get enough of it. So yeah, I would maybe add in something like that. Like a, just a token of magic token of your family's magic token of your personal magic and anything that you would find yourself naturally working with anyway i am very much into working with crystals so i'm gonna have a lot of crystals on mine as you can see my green witches out there i'm sure y'all are gonna be herbed up to the nines you know and for me because i'm not a green witch i'm not i'm familiar with a lot of them but i don't know like the deep intrinsic magic of each and every herb i can just like riddle 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 rattle prattle rattle off the top of my head. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, but I do know particularly that cinnamon, bay leaves, and lavender have always been there for me. I've always connected with them. So that's why I chose those. So yeah, any tokens that you feel like are just little magical knickknacks to you, little magical tchotchkes that you think will bolster the magic of your box, definitely add them in. So once we have a clean box, we have a cleanse box, and we have a box full of goodies, we are going to write out our manifestation. This is probably the most important part. This is definitely top two most important parts of the challenge. So I know I said, I think, it, so we talked about this in the Be Crystal Clear episode of the first time. I'm almost certain. If you want to go back and reference that, if you have any other questions about the manifestation box, hopefully between here and there, they're answered. But I was saying, you know, I want us to be unafraid of asking for what we really want. We we, you know, too much put constriction on ourselves. We too much put constraint on ourselves. We, if it's that we don't think we deserve it, if it's, we think that we haven't earned it, if that, if it's that we think it's, it's just out of the realm of possibility, or if someone has told us that we can't have it, or if society has told us we have, we can't have it. I want us to ask for something that is bigger than all of those things because we're witches, you know, and with Samhain, you know, going into October, it is the season of the witch. It is our most magical time. We are just loving it up left and right. I want us to put that magic to the test. I want us to see what we can truly do because we are limited beings, but magic is a limitless thing. And when I say we're limited beings, I mean, in the human body, we are limited, right? We will live for a hundred years or less. Most of us, we have just things that hold us back in this physical form that we're in, but our spirit is limitless and the universe is limitless and witchcraft is limitless. So I really want to test the limits. You know, I, the, the test, I want to test the limits of what we believe that we can do. So that's why I'm saying, and that's why I said in that first episode, I want us to ask for something that really, we almost think we can't ask for. <laughs> you know? I want us to be a little bit daredevilish here and ask for something that is a wildest dream. That is, if you could just manifest anything in the world, this is the one thing. If someone stopped you in the street and said, hey, if I give you a million dollars right now, what would you do with it? Or what was the one thing in the world if you could have anything you could ever want, no consequences, no questions asked, what would it be? That's what I want you to write down. That's what I'm going to write down for myself. It's okay. So I'm being a little bit like blowing out the birthday candles or like throwing your coin in the fountain. Ooh, coins would also be really good for your manifestation box. Anyway, <laughs> 
Um, I'm being very like, I don't want to share what I'm going to write because I do believe kind of like in keeping something to yourself so it can grow and be nurtured by your own magic. And not that I would think any of us baddies would ever have any negative or ill intentions towards each other. Absolutely not. I don't think that. And I hope that's the case, but I just wouldn't want any of us to open up our like truest, purest, ultimate dream and desire to any kind of intention that isn't our own. So yeah, it's very much like blow out the candles, make a wish, but don't say what it is because then it's not going to come true. <laughs> you know, I'm a little superstitious. I think a lot of us are, or, you know, throw the coin in the fountain, close your eyes, make your wish, but don't share it with anyone. You have to keep it in your heart and let it grow there and let it come to maturity. And then when it happens, then hell yeah, we'll share it with each other and we'll be so like amazed and just stupefied at what we did. So that is how I'm going to do it. So I'm not going to tell you what mine's going to be. If you aren't like me and you aren't superstitious in that way and you were like, well, hell, this is what I wanted. I want a million dollars. So I'm just going to tell the group. I don't care. I'll tell you. Then that's totally up to you. I'm not saying you can't tell anyone. I'm not saying that it will make it not work. Um, but that's just, just in telling you like how to put your box together. I am going to leave that little part out because I am superstitious as hell. I have never said a birthday wish out loud. <laughs> and I think most of them actually come true. So I'm batting 32 and oh, or I mean, when I was a baby, baby, I'm sure my birthday wish was just like more cake and it came true immediately. <laughs> so we are going to write down what that wildest dream is that thing that we absolutely want to manifest. There isn't um, a correct language for doing this. I, it's not like a mad lips and I'm going to like tell you the words and you fill it in the blank. But make sure what you write is incredibly specific. Do not leave any room for error because the universe can be a little tricky sometimes. <laughs> you know, the universe means us well. It is a loving spirit. It is an amazing entity, but it can be a little tricky if we're not doing our due diligence and being incredibly specific in what we want. So be very specific and make sure that it's not written in a language of bargaining. Like, oh, if you give me this, then I'll do this. That's, eh, bargaining's never going to get you anywhere good. <laughs> and also make sure that there is an inflection of gratitude. So let's say, for example, my manifestation was, um, I want to manifest my next soulmate relationship. So the way I would write that is um, with grace and gratitude. I thank you universe for the abundant love and lessons that you have provided me with already. And what I seek to manifest is my truest love coming to me in the next year. And honestly, I could be a little bit more specific than that. I could say like my truest romantic love, my truest match, my soulmate that I am meant to spend the rest of my life with in the next three months, you know, like whatever time period. So yeah, like, and even still what I just said, cause I'm just going off the top of my head, you can even break it down and be way more specific than that. But that is a better example than being like, Hey universe, like what's good. I'm just here to say that I really, really want to date, um, Alexander Skarsgård, I'll just bump one up since I can't have Bill anymore. <laughs> I just uh, really want to date Alexander Skarsgård. So, you know, like make it happen. All right. Thanks, Mickey. Like, don't, you don't want to be like that. Come with gratitude. 
come with an appreciation and a thanks for what the universe has already provided you with and um, be specific. Specificity, that's a word I'm almost certain, is the uh, key to really manifesting what you want. So, you know, oh, and you also, it doesn't have to be like, okay, you selected your scrap of paper. Oh, and I would say I would anoint the paper with some oil or with Florida water, or um, if you have the gold flakes like I do, just kind of, you know, put put some of that extra magical juice in there. I don't know why I insist on referencing juice all the time when I get so grossed out when I use that word, <laughs> but here we are. Magical power in there. And, um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be like the first scrap of paper you come up with. You can practice it. You can write it out a few times. You don't have to get it perfect the first time. Work with the wording, work with what you want to say, work with what you want to manifest. Like this is a big ask, right? So it doesn't have to be first time's the charm. You, you write it until it feels good to you, until you feel satisfied by what you have decided is the thing that you truly want to manifest for yourself. So in writing that, we are creating the intention. So once you have written it, once you have anointed it, then we are going to put it inside of our box with all of our magical goodies that are already in there. Um, I think I am going to lay my... Uh, my written manifestation on the very bottom and then kind of restack the crystals and the herbs and uh, whatever the else I said was in there. I'm like staring at it and it's close. So I can't even remember right now. Crystals, herbs. Oh, and like my evil eye pendant and whatever else I decide to add in the next day or so. I'm going to put that on the bottom and then pack everything back on top of it. Because I don't know. I just feel like if it's on the bottom, then all the magic is like pressing right into it. You know what I mean? All right, so once we have that done, we are going to do a little bit of candle magic. So what I want you to do is I want you to place the box in the center of your altar, right? And I don't want you to necessarily have to spend money on this. So if you already have candles, then definitely work with those. If you don't mind going on and getting candles, uh, ideally you would get four. But if you can't get four, then two will also work. If you don't have two, one will also work. If you don't have, if you want to use three because you like triangles and odd numbers, that will also work too. Three is a very magical number. But what I'm going to describe is working with four candles. So you're going to have your manifestation box in the middle and then a candle at each corner. And this would probably be a good time to go over candle colors. <laughs> Just real quick, one more time in case you haven't gone to that, or in case you haven't listened to the candle episode because, oh golly, it was such a long time ago at this point. And you know, this is a good time for a refresher anyway. I think I even said that last week. We should probably go over candle or we should probably just go over colors again. So for black, it is um, protection, banishment, removing negativity, um, releasing, cleansing, uh, just kind of soaking up any kind of negative energy and expelling it from your space. White, of course, is purification, blessings, unity, um, uh, spirituality, um, enlightenment, truth speaking, uh, truth seeking, but I guess also truth speaking <laughs> too, uh, working with the divine powers, working with a higher power. Uh, pink is love, friendship, romance, peace. Um, the mending of relationships like between family, between friends and between lovers or loved ones. So it doesn't just have to be like romantic love. Um, spiritual awakening, peace. Did I already say peace? I feel like I did. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> healing, um, and a certain degree of just like a vibrant happiness. And then purple is definitely for like magical abilities, dream magic, astral projection, 
um, awakening, for success, for meditation, for power, for, I want to say royalty, but I think that's not in the magical sense. It's just from like learning about it in school. There's something I'm forgetting. Purple, purple, purple. It'll come back to me or it probably won't, but you know, that's enough. Uh, blue is for any kind of water magic, job spells, um, relaxation, for wisdom, intelligence, thought, for the mind, for harmony. It brings peace. It brings inner peace, outer peace to your space, um, patience, loyalty, uh, tranquility. And then green is, of course, luck, abundance, money, all of those really good things. Right? I always have, always have a green candle on hand. Um, connecting with the earth for health, nature, um, fertility, for vibrance, for... Why am I going off the top of my head for this? I said luck. Oh, success. Did I say success? I think so. Well, if I didn't, success. We can say it twice. It's good. Um, for yellow is good for communication, for creativity, intelligence, brain power, uh, for confidence, for movement, for something really good I'm forgetting. Brain, intelligence, I think I already said both of those. Oh, and I also use yellow for abundance. That's what it is. Because in the candle magic episode, I talk about how I kind of use the colors a little bit differently. Um... Not, not totally, but for me, green, I do definitely work with green for abundance, but I work for yellow for abundance too. And that is kind of like my connection to Lakshmi and the way that I envision her just like raining down just like this golden magic over your life. And I work with her a lot. So I use yellow to connect to her. So yellow abundance as well. Um, for orange, there's creativity. That is a major one with orange. Um, change, adaptability. Um, personal strength, dealing with like a leadership position, authority, um, uh, removing roadblocks. So it's like a road opening color. And I also use the orange for abundance and manifestation. Yellow and orange are probably the ones I use the most actually for, for that. Uh, and again, that's like my connection to Lakshmi. And then red, <laughs> passion, love, romantic love, sexuality, um, vert, fertility, fertility is not a word. Fertility. <laughs> I think I was trying to say virility, vibrance, life force, blood. Um, what else am I, what am I thinking? Power. Did I say power? Energy, just kind of life itself. You know, the idea of like the blood that is coursing through our veins keeps us alive. Um, courage, strength. Am I forgetting anything? Love, love, passion, passion, and lust. <laughs> All of our favorites, right? So what I want you to do is I ideally would want you to have a black candle and a white candle to kind of anchor what you're doing so it's expelling any negativity and so that it's bringing in like as pure a magic and as pure a process as possible. And then I would want your other two colors to be what the manifestation in the box is. So if you're focusing on love, then I would do a red or I would do two reds. I would do two pinks. I would do a red and a pink. If you're focusing on money, I would do a green and an orange or two greens. If you're focusing on a peace and tranquility I, and working on like your own spiritual growth and like spiritual abundance and your powers and your magic, I would do like a, two purples or a purple and a blue. Um, yeah, so you can mix and match the colors, but I would think to, I would like to anchor it with a black and a white and then bring in the other two colors. And so it just creates like this little square force field around your box. If you don't have four candles and you're not going to be able to get four 
Um, if you could have a black candle or a white candle, that would be great. And then just a color candle to bring in. And if you don't have a black or a white, then let's just focus on the two color candles because we did cleanse it and we did, you know, put our magical energy into it by rubbing our hands together and transferring that heat. So, I mean, we're starting off in a good place already. It's just for a little extra, you know what I mean? <laughs> so if you only have the two candles or the one candle, it doesn't, it's not gonna make it any less powerful. You're not doing it wrong. You know, you know don't stress about that. Um, but the candle color, it's important and the candle smear important because I really want to start this with fire and I want to end this with fire because Samhain is one of the fire festivals and, you know, a big part of Samhain is like gathering around the hearth and gathering in the house and being around the fire and, you know, putting, uh, candles into your windows so that the spirits can like pass by easily and it's just fire is so important to Samhain and like the bonfires and the celebrate, you know, in fact, I don't know if there's any other festival that I associate with fire more than Samhain. I don't know. Even just like the jack-o'-lantern, you know, you put your candle down there and it's just all of this beautiful golden light energy that comes from within. So yeah, I want to start with fire with the candles and then we're going to end it with fire, which we will talk about when we're actually done with the challenge or when we're, you know, rounding it out. So we have our candles all set up around our box, our four, three, two, one, whatever you're working with. And I want you to light each candle. Um, I would light them in a, uh, clockwise, clockwise motion, a clockwise order. How, what's the word that you usually use after clockwise? I'm not sure. <laughs> Just go clockwise is what I'm trying to say. And after you have lit all of them, I want you to rub your hands together. Like, you know, always, I always like to get that energy going in my hands. I just like that I can tangibly feel the heat being created. And I want you to place it on your box. And here is the spell that we are going to recite. Now, when I started Bad Witch Podcast, <laughs> as you know, from the opening that I do every week, wherever I manage to put it in there, I always forget to say it that we're supposed to get our shit together one spell at a time, right? Well, it was absolutely my intention to have a spell for you, maybe if not every week, but pretty frequently. And I have been a very bad witch about that. So it is something I'm going to try to start incorporating more, but I have actually written a spell and I will share it with you. Um, I was going to say something else. What was it? Oh, that it's because I've said this a million times, but because I never write my spells down. <laughs> I just kind of like free say them as they come to my head while I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And then it's just, it's gone. It's in, it's out of the mouth and you know, to the ears of the universe. And then it doesn't exist anymore. It just like withers away. It floats off like smoke in the air and is not to be seen again. So I am making a concerted effort to actually write them down. So here is the spell that we're going to use. Don't worry. I will say it twice <laughs> to make sure you get it. I know I speak quickly. Um, I will also have it in episode notes. I will also post it in the Facebook group. I, you can also email me for it, tweet me for it, face, uh, not Facebook, uh, Instagram me for it, wherever we can connect. I will, ha don't worry. You will not go without the spell. I will give it to you however you need it. So here it is. With Samhain light and Samhain fire, may I manifest what I desire. This spell I write, I think, I speak, I give life to that which I seek. Okay. One more time. <laughs> With Samhain light and Samhain fire, may I manifest what I desire. This spell I write, I think, I speak, I give life to that which I seek. Got it? I hope so. I really was like, sound it out, girl. Like, don't just motor mouth through this. 
but I, you, I will write it everywhere. You will definitely get it. So yeah, we're going to light the candles. We're going, so let's go from the top, clean the box, cleanse the box, uh, put your goodies in the box, write out your manifestation, put it in the box, pile your things on top. If that's what you want to do, close the box up, put your candles around it, light the candles, rub those hands together, get your energy going, place it on the box, say the spell. I hope I didn't leave anything out. I don't think I did. All right. So once we have set the spell, then it is set. And what I'm going to do personally with my box is I am going to take some of the wax from one of the color candles. Um, so if I'm doing love again, I'll take uh, the red candle and I'm going to drip the wax around the perimeter of my box so that it's sealed shut. You don't have to do that. You know, it's knowing me, I'm going to make a huge mess. But I just, I like the idea of sealing it so that nothing can penetrate it. And I just, I love working with candles. I love every part of them. I love the smoke. I love the flame. I love the ash. I love the wax. I love, there's no part, I love the heat. There's no part that I don't love. So I just want a way to incorporate wax into mine. So I'm going to wax seal mine up. If you don't want to do the whole box, then um, you could just, you know, put a little, you could dribble a little wax across the top and maybe, uh, you know, put your initials into it or put some kind of just magical symbol, like maybe you want to do the goddess symbol or do an evil eye or something like that. Or if you want to take, you know, another scrap of paper and write out the spell that I just gave you, you could dribble a little wax over that and then place it on top of your box. You know, just some way if you want to also incorporate wax, that's not a requirement. So if you're just a crazy fire person like I am, you can do it. If you're not, don't worry about it. And then we are done with really doing what we're going to do with the manifestation box as like the major, the major magical act that's going to take place with it. And then from that day on, oh, and if you can let your candles, um, burn all the way down again, here comes fire safety, Mickey, uh, have a bowl of water by just in case. And in fact, place your candles in a bowl of water. If you can, you know, just always better safe than sorry. If you have to leave the house, snuff your candles out. I know you want to keep them burning. Maybe you don't have crazy anxiety like I do and you are not sure that that's the time that you're going to burn down everything, but I, again, better safe than sorry. So I would snuff them out. Just don't blow them out. That's the only thing. If you blow it out, it's like blow, blowing out the magical work that you did. It just negates the magic and the spell. So snuff them out if you have to leave. Always have water by when you're working with fire, when you're working with candle magic. Just trust me. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it to, to be safe. And, um, when you go to sleep, if you want to snuff them out, that is totally fine. Just remember that anytime you are going to relight the candles, you know, if you're going to stay home that day, then it's, um, it's just about resetting the intention. I would say the spell again, you know, I would, I would light the candles in the order that I did before. I would say the spell again. I would think about what's in the box. You know, it's always about keeping that connection with what we're manifesting and whatever, what our intentions are. So that is the big magical practice. Here's what we're going to do for every day after that. We are going to meditate. <laughs> we're going to do it. I want you, if you can find the time, and I hope we all can, even if it's five minutes, I want you to sit with that box. I wouldn't move it from its spot because I, I just think the roots that it can establish, obviously not physical roots, but you know, just like spiritual roots in that spot, just to let it cook and marinate and do everything it needs to do without being disturbed. I want you to sit with the box if you can, place your hands over it, and think about what you're trying to manifest. Put all of those intentions in there. Say the spell over again. Repeat the spell. You know, turn it into a chant. 
and just revisit it and sit there and have this moment that is about your connection with what you want to manifest, your connection with this box that is really, you know, kind of like an oven baking it all up and giving us this beautiful product at the end. So once we have had that first day of doing the actual spell, every day after that, we're going to have a meditation day and we're going to sit with it and work on our focusing our attentions and working on manifesting and putting all of our magic and energy into that box and meditating on what we want and what we're going to do with it and how we want it to come about and flesh out that picture as much as we can and be as specific as we can as well. And so it definitely is a practice in testing the limits of magic. It's a practice in testing our own magic. Hopefully we'll be rewarded with this amazing manifestation, but also it's, it's a test and a practice of meditation, which is something we all need to be doing. So that's also why I really, really want to do this challenge. So we're going to sit with it for 30 give or take days. And then once we get closer to the end of um, the challenge and we're actually approaching Samhain, I will tell you what we're going to do when we open the box up. All will be revealed. <laughs> now, let me say this. I am right now, or in this past month of September 2019, seeing my manifestations come to fruition that I did in... Uh, March, April, May, June of 2017. So I'm saying that to say, <laughs> not to say that with all of this magic that we're going to put into it and with all this meditation and manifesting and intention setting we're going to put into it, it will take that long. I am saying it for the other Mickeys out there who are addicted to instant gratification. Hey, I see you. Me too. That if on October 31st, November 1st, when we were celebrating Samhain, if it, you open the box and, you know, whatever you ask for doesn't pop out of the box with it, like the Pillsbury Doughboy. It doesn't mean it didn't work. It means that it is a magical process. And it means that, you know, these things take time. And sometimes they absolutely take more than 30 days. It is about laying the groundwork for all those things that that one brilliant, amazing thing that we want to manifest, you know, and it's just really about flexing those muscles and, and getting muscle memory around doing magic, doing candle work, um, setting intentions around manifesting and around meditating. Cause when all those things come together and we really in implement it, not just in this challenge, but in our everyday work as witches, it will be astounding and earth shattering and groundbreaking the things that we will accomplish. So it will take a little time. If you open up your box on Salon day and you know, for me, Alexander Scarsart isn't at my front door asking for my hand in marriage. It's okay. I have laid the groundwork and really, I, I think some amazing things are, I don't know, I have such a good feeling. I, I always have a good feeling about Salon. I always have a good feeling about October, but just with all of us together and this being the first Salon we have as a podcast, I feel like we are going to do some bloody amazing things. So I'm so excited about it. So that is what we're going to do with our Salon box. I uh, very much with my delusional mind <laughs> thought that we were going to uh, cover all of that in 20 minutes and then I could go back into our goddess, um, our goddess intro, <laughs> but we are at almost an hour, but you know what? We're still going to get our, our last five goddesses because I actually have a feeling about who's going to come through. And I think, I think they might want to be involved with our Samhain challenge. And that's another thing. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to call on your angels, your guides, your ancestors, your spirits, your goddesses, your God whomever you feel like you would like with assistance when you're meditating, when you're writing, when you're saying the spell, when you're lighting the candles, don't be afraid to ask for them. 
that is what they're there for. They are happy to guide us. They are happy that we are tapping into our witchcraft and that we are trying to make something so beautiful with it. So maybe one of the five from today will be like, hey, I'm here for the Samhain challenge. Don't forget to invoke my name, <laughs> you know, or one of the five we talked about last week or the week before. But let's definitely do five more because I can hear them screaming already. They definitely want to come out and say hello. And I would just love to round out our goddess episodes with just one more. So let's do our Patreon shout outs and then we will get back into our goddesses for the last time for a while. Okay, I uh, cheated and already pulled the first goddess card <laughs> because I'm telling you, they were like screaming in my ear and you're gonna just freaking cackle when you see who we got. But before we do that, let's do our Patreon shout outs. So a very extra special thank you to Amber and Maria who are our two newest patrons to join. Thank you so much. And then as always, we have to thank, come on Patreon, load faster. Okay, Crystal, Shannon, Maya, Aurora, Celine, Kristen, Adam, Bren, Kara, Becca, Alicia, Nalling, Heidi, Mackenzie, Stephanie, Lena, Vanessa, Ashley, Sasha, Brandy, Tiani, Brett, Elizabeth, Courtney, Adele, Aaron, Carla, Amanda, and Lauren. Thank you so much. It means the world to me, as you know. That is just so kind and so sweet. And I have so much gratitude and grace towards all of you for, you know, giving just a little bit each month. Thank you so much. Oh, and speaking of Patreon, um, because we're starting off with a new month. When you hear this episode, <laughs> you don't have to wait until any particular time when you're ready to um, ask for your reading. Just message me when you're ready to go. If you want to ask on October, well, you won't hear this on the first, but if you want to ask on October 2nd, go for it. If you want to wait until October 30th, 31st, go for it. There is no right time. Just let me know when you're ready. Oh, wait. Um, I will. <laughs> Sorry. I just set all that up and that's not right for this month. I will be traveling October from October 16th on, and I won't have my cards with me. Um, I Sometimes I take them, sometimes I don't, but because I'm going all the way across to the literal other side of the world, I'm afraid of something happening to them and me losing them because I'm just cuckoo bananas all the time. So uh, for this month only, you have October 1st to October 16th to ask. And uh, if you want to do like your yes, no, or if you have a full three card reading, and if you uh, want to roll it over to the next month, that's totally fine too. So yeah, I'm so glad I said that out loud because for this month only, it is a shorter time frame, uh, but you can certainly roll it over. No problem with that. But yeah, you don't have to wait for me to say it or, you know, reach out or you, you tell me it's your prize, honey. You tell me when you're ready for it and I'm happy to give it to you. Okay. So let's talk about our goddesses and the first one to come out this week. I just had a feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling actually what all five will be. But I don't want to do that thing where I try to pretend like what would I say what they are and then I'm totally wrong like it was last week. But our first goddess this week that I flash to the computer that you totally can't see is Ostara. So let me just read you what this card says. <laughs> so the heading under her name is Fertility. And the meaning of her card, well, I'll tell you the meaning of her card, but when you read each card, like I've shown you in the Facebook group, by the way, the answer for the Facebook group is the crafts. I will say it again at the end, but let's just get it out now. Um, that there is like a, just a written out meaning on the card that we delve into. And it is, it is the perfect time for you to start new projects, access new ideas and give birth to new conditions. Almost as if it's a great time to manifest or something. Hmm, what about that? So we of course know the name Ostara because that is one of our festivals, but let's read about her from the book. Ostara. She's a Tuatonic goddess of fertility and springtime who is sometimes called Oestra 
The word East and Easter are both named after Osara because of the reference to the sun rising in the east and the increase in sunlight beginning in the Celtic springtime. She's celebrated during the spring equinox as the bringer of increased light and the balance between nighttime and daytime hours. Call upon Osara to increase your fruitfulness, fertility, or to help you embark on new ventures. Oh, I love her so much. So let's go over the meanings of her card and then we will just deep dive her a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to do like a crazy deep dive like I've been doing because, you know, we're almost at an hour truly. And I know we got to cut these down from like an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes a little bit, but we're going to just deep dive a little bit. So the various meanings of this card are this card signifies pregnancy. You will be involved with a successful child conception, adoption, or custody resolution. Your desire will be fully manifested in the springtime. Okay, remember what I said? If we're doing the manifestation style one challenge now, it might not be immediate, but we are laying the groundwork. There will be a resurrection of the old. Your new idea or venture will be successful. It is an opportune time to make life changes, as if perhaps you wanted to manifest everything you ever wanted. So can I tell you when I first got this deck? And this is one of the cards that I like immediately connected with. And because it was a little bit ago, when I would first see the word fertility and you see the first meeting and it's, this signifies pregnancy. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> as someone who is vehemently child free, when you get a card that says anything about motherhood, childbearing pregnancy, you're like, oh gosh, well, what pickle have I gotten myself into now? But, you know, where I've talked about like my position being in the mother stage of my witchcraft. And when we talk about this kind of fertility, I think of it like it's described as fertility of creation, fertility of your magic, fertility of the mind, fertility of your intentions, fertility of your manifestation, that I, I am a fertile being, not just, you know, physically, because I could have children, you know, if I so chose, but I am a, I am a fertile being and that I have all of this magic and that I can manifest anything. So she's such an incredible card for manifesting. And, you know, I think she, she, okay, sorry. Uh, she's saying spring, tell them about spring. Say it's, it's the spring. It's the spring. It's the spring. She's, <laughs> she's loud. I love it. But she's like, she's being really loud in my right ear. Um, she's showing me almost like, you know, I'm, She's proud of us for doing this Samhain challenge. And she's saying, you know, you're laying the right groundwork. Look to the spring, look to the spring, look to the spring. And I think we will see a lot of that fruition and fruitfulness then. She's, well, yeah, she's showing me um, flowers blooming. You know, when you see those time-lapse videos and it's like, and everything like blooms up really quickly. <laughs> That's what she's showing me. Just flowers blooming and grass growing. And, you know, baby birds being born. And I can almost hear, like, the chirping. She's saying springtime, springtime, springtime. Like, but she's really proud. She feels, she's showing that she's really, really proud of us for doing this. Oh, thanks, Ostara. Okay, so let's talk about her a little more. I think one of the reasons that I connected with her so immediately <laughs> is because she is very much related to Freya, you know. And you, you know how I feel about Freya by now. But they are very, very similar goddesses. You know, Freya is also a goddess of fertility in many aspects. So yeah, she is this springtime goddess. She is in the maiden stage of being a goddess. So it's all about that freshness, that purity, that potential of the birth and the rebirth and coming into the cycles of everything being new again, about growth, about, um, you know, I, I say spring as in the uh, vernal equinox and the spring equinox and the season that it is but also the potential for things to spring up into life. And we're talking about this ground that has been 
you know, dead and cold and not being able to be tilled or worked with that is now becoming warm and fresh and fertile again. So I just, I think she's so beautiful and she represents such a beautiful, amazing time where we've put in the work, you know, we've had the quiet time, we've had the cold, we've had the stillness to kind of really work on our magic and work with the fire and work with the different elements. And then the spring comes and it is lush and it is beautiful and it is of our own creation. She's just so magnificent. I love Ostara, y'all. I'm biased. <laughs> so her name has a few translations. And of course, that is the root for where we get Easter. So you may see it translated as East, as Dawn, um, also as light, uh, like morning light. And speaking of Easter... If you are like me and you are, were an extremely questioning and persnickety little child, you were always like, okay, well, we got to like go to church on Easter if you were raised Catholic like I was or in the Christian church at all. And you're like, okay, I got to go. And we learn this whole thing about resurrection and like crucifixion and like 40 days in the desert. Like sounds like kind of a downer. But then you would have to go to church that day and wear your cute little Easter dress and stockings like I would have to. And then I would go to my grandparents' house and we would hunt for colorful eggs. <laughs> and get chocolate bunnies and sometimes one of us would be gifted a pet bunny rabbit which isn't ethical at all but you know the 90s were a different time and even my easter basket which to this day if i am home for easter i make my mom pull out and put in um like that easter grass that's really shiny and like cellophane you know i make her pull it out and put candy in it for me because i am a child but even that for in my house is painted with Easter bunnies. We go sit in the Easter bunnies lap and take Easter pictures. So that symbolism comes from Ostara. Again, we talk about the meeting of the Christian church and the pagan belief system and symbolism and gods and goddesses and how they melded them together to be like, hey, pagans, maybe this isn't so bad. Spoiler alert, it wasn't great. <laughs> you know, like, that's my personal opinion. A lot of it wasn't great. But yeah, a lot of these things are married. So and I know so many churches that have Easter egg hunt. So you can't even say that, or they technically can't even claim that it's something that's so secular, but yeah, that is something that comes from Osara and her symbolism. Her symbolisms are the hare, the rabbit, because rabbits are obviously very skilled in uh, reproduction or known to be very fertile animals and the eggs, which also represent new life and fertility and particularly painted eggs are a part of her symbolism and attributed to her. So if you were ever wondering, not only did we take the name Easter from Ostara, but we have also taken some of our major, major symbolism that we all, you know, well, not all of us, but if you grew up celebrating like a Christian concept of Easter, you were still eating chocolate bunnies and looking around for eggs filled with like little trinkets. It's always a connection, babe. Religion and witchcraft aren't that dissimilar in times. <laughs> One day I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. The wrong person is going to hear this podcast and I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying that, but it borrows, you know, there's a lot of mysticism in both. And we've talked about that at length. So we don't need to go back into it. Um, Astara also really, um, really connects us to nature because she is the spring. Like she is the embodiment of the spring. So her popping up right now is also, I think a reminder that even though it is going to start getting colder outside, it is still really important to connect to our natural elements and to be in the outside world and receive that freshness and, and not freshness in like the spring, new fresh grass kind of way, but the freshness in the sense of like letting the fresh air hit your face, you know, going outside and just being in that natural element instead of just letting ourselves stay indoors all winter long, which is what I'm probably going to do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> anyway, that is Ostara and she's proud of us and she has shown up for her Salmon Challenge, which I think is really 
an amazing sign. So let's see who wants to hop out next. Okay, I am screaming. <laughs> I'm screaming. I, I knew. I knew in my heart that all of the heavy hitters were going to hold out and come at the end. <laughs> I have talked about her in the other two episodes. So it, it's time. It's time to talk about her. It is Kali. She's here, y'all. She, oh my gosh, I have chills right now. Whew. All right, let's read about another one of my favorites. I, they're coming for us. I, they're just, they're like, oh, I heard this is the last episode. Here I am. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Kali. Oh, and the meaning in her card, like her, her major heading is ending and beginning. The old must be released so that the new can enter. So we talked extensively about Pele next week. And I said that Kali, Pele, and Butterfly Maiden are kind of all companion cards for me. But Kali is like the heavy hitter. Okay. The ultra powerful Hindu goddess is feared by those who don't understand the natural cycles of birth, death, and rebirth. Kali is the embodiment of Mother Nature who cleanses away the old with natural storms and fires to make the ground fertile for new crops and life. Are you screaming? I'm screaming. Okay. Kali is the ultimate get things done goddess and she's a powerful ally to those who call upon her. Upon her. Like a wise stage mother, she'll push you beyond your comfort zone to reach the height of your potential. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kali! Okay. So here we go. We're talking about we're talking about everything. I like my heart's racing. So we're talking about fire. We're talking about ground fertility. We're talking about new crops in life, just like with Ostara. We're talking about pushing past our comfort zone, what we're going to be doing with the manifestation box. She really was like laying in wait to come out of this episode. I love her so much. Okay. So here are the meanings of her card. Your current changes are for the best. This is going to give you a lot of Pele flashback to last week. Keep your thoughts positive as they're very powerful. What appears to be a loss is really the beginning of a new and happy phase. I'm going to say that again. It's so important. What appears to be a loss is really the beginning of a happy new phase. All right. So let's flash back to Butterfly Maiden. Change is for the best. Don't be afraid. Release what is old. What is new and what is coming is better for you and is what is meant for you. I love her so much. Let the past go. Sweep it away. Just like, just like Butterfly Maiden was saying last week, you got to shed, shed, shed and embrace the new. It's time to move on. Woo! She, y'all, <laughs> I'm getting my life right now that she just showed up. She is showing me fire. She's showing me, but it's not like the, the orange and red flame of the fire. It's, she's showing me like the blue, right? Where the flame burst out from and where the wick you know, is meeting the fire because that's the hottest part. That is the most powerful part of the fire. It's like that ice cold blue is actually just burning. Yeah, she's, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm pretty sure that she's showing up right now because she is like wanting to assist us in lighting the candles as the part of the, the Samhain challenge and the manifestation box because she keeps showing me the blue of the candle and being like, don't forget, this is the most powerful part. And even though it seems little and it reminds, and it's a color that we associate with something else. Don't let go of that blue right there because that is where it's going to spring from. And that is the power right there. Whew. 
Yeah, and she's even saying, like, throw in a blue candle. Throw one in. Throw one in. So if anyone has them on hand, and I, Kali is directing us to do that. Okay, so let's talk about her a little bit more in depth. I, tr- I truly cannot handle that. She just showed up. I knew it. I knew it in my spirit she was coming. So Kali, for me, is one that I definitely had um, knowledge of, like Pele, but I, I was kind of ignorant to her. Because the images I had always seen of her were kind of fearsome and kind of, um, I don't want to say scary, but definitely would kind of just take your breath away. So the way that she is typically depicted is um, she'll be like naked or semi-naked and she is like blue black and she'll have four arms and typically have her tongue hanging out uh, with just like long, wild flowing hair and these just intense red eyes and a necklace with skulls on it. (laughs) And then uh, sometimes you'll see her depicted with a sword and a severed head, which again, if this is something that you were seeing when you were younger and ignorant of, you know, just who she really was, it could come off as something that's very intimidating and a little frightful. Um, But, you know, in the head and the sword represent her demon, demon slaying abilities and her capacity to just like cut away at what doesn't need to be there. And so the more that I have come to know know her and the more that she has really made a place in my life and extended her her all to me, the more that I understand that, you know, and I, I always knew her as Kali as the goddess of destruction. Like those that is the phrase that I could put together about her. But she is about destruction in the same way that Pele is about destruction. It is absolutely to be respected. It can be feared because it is truly powerful. And it is something that that can that absolutely is used to destroy, you know, but it is in service to something that will be created that is so much more beautiful and something so much better than what was there before. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I did always associate her with death and destruction and war and, 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 you know, she's a demon slayer. So like everything that's kind of dark or quote unquote dark is what I associated her with because that is all I knew of her in my ignorance. But learning more about her, it's just that that destruction gives us so much. And it's not about holding on to what needs to be destroyed. It is about embracing what will come from that destruction. You know, it's like, like we just read in the card, it's that the, um, the, you know, the ground has to be destroyed to make the, the soil fertile again. And that is, you know, literally for the crops to grow. And that is the destruction that we have to face or the destruction that we have to implement in our own lives in order to have growth and in order for things to come to fruition and for things to bloom for us. So I just absolutely adore her. And I mean, there's definitely respect, absolutely, but it's not the fear that I had before because that fear came from ignorance. Like a lot of fear is centered in ignorance. I just think she is stunning. I think she's amazing. Um, Kali, uh, her name means the black one or the dark one in Sanskrit. And she is definitely from like the primordial um, realm of goddesses, which means she is ancient. (laughs) She is so old and has, you know, the destruction that we have seen, a, a lot of it has been attributed to Kali. She is incredibly powerful. I mean, she could absolutely destroy the world and, and there would be nothing left if that's what she wanted. You know, she could return us to darkness and nothingness, nothingness if she so, so chose. Sorry, I'm getting tongue tied because I love her so much. <laughs> but I, in getting to know her and working with her and seeing how much good she wants for us and seeing that she truly, she wants us to remove the things from our lives that 
need to be destroyed. And she wants us to embrace the chaos a little bit because, and just like Pele, she wants us to embrace the chaos because the rhythm and the chaos are what are showing us that we're alive and we're moving and we're, we're in motion and that we're making progress. And that's why her card is endings and beginnings. It's not endings, period. It does not end there. It's things have to end so other things can begin. Like I said, with Butterfly Maiden last week and also with Pele as well, if something is occupying a space, then the thing that is actually meant for that space cannot assume where it's supposed to be because it's already clogged up. So release it, destroy it, let it go, let the past go, move on. What is coming and what will be created from the destruction will be so much better and so much more suited for you than the thing that you were refusing to destroy. Ah, I, I just love the idea of like the power in death and destruction. I know that sounds kind of morbid, but it's true. And especially like her so being associated with death and the darkness and us going into Samhain and going into this period that is about death. And it is about, you know, things have to die to be reborn and there has to be the cycle of life. And death is just important as birth for us, which is at least, you know, and in a life cycle. So I just, I'm so amazed that she just appeared. Oh, she, she's just everything. I love her. Um, so for her origin story, there are a few that I have come across. I'm not a hundred percent sure what is considered her like create, her create, wow, said it again, her correct creation mythology. So if anyone out there is Hindu or like culturally grew up with Kali or have has studied her a lot. Could you actually let me know? Or, I mean, not that I'm expecting you to teach me necessarily, but if you have like a link that you're like, no, this is the definitive one where you can read about it. I would so appreciate that. Cause there's one where, um, I believe she was supposed to have been like sprung from the forehead of a goddess and one where she was supposed to have been like a shed or shed from a goddess and one where she's supposed to be like the combined energy of a bunch of gods and goddesses. So that's something I would like to look in more into more because I, yeah, I'm obsessed with her, obviously. <laughs> and I have spent more time knowing about her power and, and her appearance and the things that she represents as a goddess and things she has domain over, over her actual mythology. So I would love to know the correct one if you happen to know it, but oh, I'm so happy she showed up. Thank you. Kali. Okay. Let's see who wants to come up next. I'm almost a little afraid to ask because it's been so intense so far. Okay. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel personally attacked by this card. <laughs> so who we have next. When I tell you we are getting heavy hitters, like I cannot. Okay. Wow. So who we have next is Guinevere and her title, her card um, heading is true love. And she is actually what I call my soulmate card. <laughs> so maybe everything I was saying about Alexander Skarsgård in my example is what I should be pursuing. I just had the wrong one all along. So um, the phrase on her card is the romantic stirrings in your heart have propelled the universe to deliver great love to you. <clears throat> well, well, well. So if you listen Gosh, these cards that are actually showing up are so great companions for the manifestation box. And I'm pretty certain that's why they're coming through. So if love is going to be the focus of what you're putting into the box, look truly no further than Guinevere because she is it, honey. Okay, so let's read about her. This Celtic triple goddess of ancient roots preceding Arthurian, Arthurian, Arthurian. So like King Arthur, I'm not trying to say it the way it's written here, but you know, the legend of Queen, King Arthur and Guinevere and all of that. 
um, of Arthurian times when she was known as Guinefer, uh, I believe that's like the Welsh or Celtic spelling. Uh, in her original form, her name meant White One or White Phantom. Ooh, that gave me chills a little bit. And she was a powerful goddess invoked for both fertility. Okay, so this is the third time fertility is coming up. Like, just so we're keeping track. <laughs> These manifestations, honey, they are going to be so fertile. And as a bridge to take the dead to the afterlife plane. Okay, and then here, here is dead again and talking about the bridging between the living and the dead and the veil thinning and Samhain. Whew, this is heavy. Okay, I mean, good heavy. During the times of Avalon, Glastonbury, and King Arthur, she became Guinevere. To become king, Arthur had to merge with or marry Guinevere, the goddess who ruled over the lands. Celtic people out there, please give me the correct pronunciation on her um, actual goddess name, if you don't mind. Um... And so Guinevere became the astonishingly beautiful Guinevere, the queen bride of the new King Arthur. Legend holds that her heart really belonged to Arthur's cousin, Lancelot, however. Today, she helps us ensure that we enter into partnerships with our true love, and she assists in keeping that love alive. So, fun fact, I think I may have said this in the Valentine's Day episode, maybe, but I got her for the first time about six months before I met my ex, who was one of my soulmates, even though we're no longer together. Um, it was just definitely like a lesson soulmate phase. So uh, <laughs> this might be a warning to all of us. If you're not in your soulmate relationship, look out in the next six months because it's coming for us. Okay. So various meanings of the card. Your soulmate relationship has arrived or is soon arriving. There is renewed passion in an existing relationship. You're a very romantic person. Your romantic needs aren't being met and you must take steps to alleviate this. So yes, this is absolutely a card in a goddess for romantic love, about passionate love, but she also appears because she wants us to understand that we are romantic beings and that love and romance are really important to us outside of the, the traditional like partnership sense. It's that we are really soothed by natural romance and that is like an aesthetic romance of seeing beauty in things and feeling appreciated and feeling um, love within yourself it's so much more than just your relation to someone partner it's a it's so much more than your relationship to another person it is very much steeped in like the romantic nature of appreciating something beautiful and being moved by it and surrounding yourself with beautiful things and thus the love that that cultivates with you as like your own entity so that's why I really really love her card even when I'm not in the space for myself where I'm like where's my next boyfriend or girlfriend you know like what's going on I love that she comes through to show us she's um like putting her arms around me, which is kind of I don't I don't always have like physical contact, but she is very much like putting her arms around me and like holding me really tight in a very loving way. She's trying to um soothe. She wants to give us the idea of like being soothed and just approaching love from a place of not being panicked or stressed or overwhelmed by it, but like letting it flow in its very most natural state and appreciating it as like, as the vibration that it exists as without all the things that we compound upon it. Like she's giving me a hug, but she wants to hug all of us. Cause I think she can tell that there probably has been just a lot of hurt and growing pains in any kind of loving relationship or in experiences with love that we all go through, you know, like love can be a very painful things at times at times. And yeah, she's, she's putting her arms around me. She's squeezing me tight and she's showing me like this big heart that's just kind of bursting with happiness and joy and love and beauty. 
And yeah, she wants to like reassure us that Oh, I could be, yeah, she's holding me tight. She's really hugging me. So think of this as a virtual hug for, or virtual? Think of this as a podcast hug from me to you because Guinevere is coming through and trying to give us all that kind of hug and like pass that love to us and let us kind of remember the purest form of love and that it doesn't have to be this thing that has hurt you or traumatized you or caused you pain, but it's something that is really important to us, especially as witches, because we feel things so deeply, you know, and we have compounded things over different lifetimes that love is something that should be healing to us. And it's something that we should like really celebrate and see as a beautiful thing. Yeah. She's like, Oh, she's squeezing me so tight. And I can also really smell, um, roses like, and she's flashing, flashing, flashing red. Okay. So I'm taking that as a reminder that if you are doing any, um, manifesting with your manifestation box that is focused on love, make sure you get a red candle in there and also make sure you get some rose petals in there in your box. Oh, she's surrounding me with it, which is great. I mean, being surrounded by love is something we should all, you know, be so lucky to have. And again, not just romantic love and this, this romantic uh, romance in the sense of like having to be in a relationship with someone of, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever person you choose today, but love and something that should like encompass us and surround us and that we can see and experience and taste in all these different ways. Wow. That was (laughs) a little intense. I mean, I can't say who exactly, and it may be me, but there are, there is some love coming through. Like get ready. So if you're, if you've been feeling that's the direction you're in and that love is coming, um, coming into your life soon, I would run with that, that it's not wrong. She just doesn't, it's not been my experience that Guinevere shows up that much. She, <laughs> she really shows up when it is time for her to show up. So it's happening in one of us, at least let's see what it is. But thank you, Guinevere, for coming through. That was amazing. And thank you for reminding us about romance outside of the aspects of just, like, being in a, a relationship with someone else. But all the ways that romance can exist in our lives. It's pretty amazing. Okay. So let's see who is next. I should have known. I <laughs> The way this episode is going, the goddesses that are pulling through, and the fact that it's coinciding with our Samhain manifestation box, I should have known that she was coming. I have been expecting her. I, 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 okay. All right. It's just, I can't wait to see who number five is. But number four is Yamanya, who you will also see written as Yamaya, Yamanya. There's a, a lot of different spellings, but um, I'm just going with the pronunciation and the name and the card because that's how I was really introduced to her. <sighs> Talk about your moms. Okay. So when I say the moon is our mom, she is obviously, but Yamanya is, mom like she is also a major mother goddess and especially if you find yourself very connected to the water if you are another sea witch out there like me if you are very deep into your water sign like I am if it's very present in your sign this is another one of our moms out there so let's read about her I mean the time I have spent in literal bodies of water talking to this goddess um you know giving her showing her gratitude and working with her it's the connections. I, I just can't believe all the cards I'm insanely connected to are coming through exact, except I can't exactly believe it. All right. So Yamania, um, she's an African and Brazilian goddess who's credited with creating the sea. Every December 31st, people in Brazil celebrate Yamania by casting white flowers and miniature boats upon the sea waters. You can work with Yamania by putting a tiny boat into the water and asking her for a wish. If Yamanya grants your wish, her waves will swallow the miniature boat, and if she denies the wish, the boat will wash up to shore. 
sorry. I just, I just had a flashback of like one time I was working with her and I'm realizing now that what I asked for, um, came true. I, I just didn't put it together because I'm impatient and I am now, uh, realizing <laughs> while we're talking about the process of like manifesting can take a while sometimes, you know? Um, since the sea is the root of earth's lies, Yamanya's connection to it makes her a very powerful and nurturing mother goddess. She's a protector, supplier, and one who grants wishes. Oh, does she? <laughs> okay, so the way she is depicted a lot of the times is like a mermaid. She is absolutely stunning. Brown skin, you know, wild, beautiful hair. Just, just everything you would expect a sea goddess, a mother goddess, you know, the creator of the ocean itself to look like. So her card's title or main meaning is Golden Opportunity. And, um... The, the saying on the card is, important doors are opening for you right now. Walk through them. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so putting her in conjunction with Kali as she's coming up. It's so crazy. Like, I feel like the other two weeks, the goddesses were really here to introduce themselves. And I feel like this week, they're here to do a reading. Because the way they're falling into line and all linking up, it's a little bit too much of a clinky dink. I think they're trying to do a reading for all of you and myself included. And not just like, hey, hi, here we are. So whatever's jumping out to you, it's it's definitely showing up for a reason. Okay, so let's talk about the meanings of her card. Don't hesitate. This is the right thing to do. Your prayers are being answered. Get ready for a big and happy change. Celebrate your success. Know that you are qualified and ready for this new opportunity. One thing that I absolutely adore about her, aside from the fact that she's my mom, <laughs> she is a water goddess and she, you know, is part of this like massive stage of creation. Again, we're seeing the theme of creation and also destruction because think about how destructive, you know, the oceans can be. Is that she really reminds us that if more than maybe any other goddess about how cyclical life and nature is and that she's given me a lot of comfort and affirmation knowing that it's okay that I've missed out on things that I thought I really, really wanted or really, really needed at the time because it just wasn't meant for me. She is so about timing and she's so about, you know, just because this door closed doesn't mean that another door won't open. That is probably most likely better for you. So don't be so hung up on this one opportunity that you feel like you miss and this sliding doors moment, like maybe my life would be so different. It would be so perfect and it'd be the way I want. And I would have perfect teeth and perfect skin and a, and a partner that loves me and I would be rich and famous and I'll like, you can't think of those kinds of absolutes. And that's what she reminds us of is like where you are headed and what path you're on and what journey you're taking. And, and the doors that you were able to go through are the ones that are meant for you. So don't stress out about all the what ifs of life. And that's something for me, like someone who's very anxious, like I am, that helps me tremendously. So gosh, I could do a whole episode of her because she's so tremendous and she's so powerful. And she, I mean, she's just everything, but I'll try to condense it down a little bit. Like, honestly, she could have her own episode. I was almost a little nervous because I've been feeling her. And I was like, there's no way I can talk about her in an, under an hour, <laughs> but we'll try. Actually, I think I may read to you about her because I just, she's so comprehensive and she's so important. I don't want to leave anything out of it. So uh, just bear with me. And this is from um, taliatook.com. And I'm just going to read you the, a, a few paragraphs about her because she's, I, I just don't want to disrespect her and leave anything out. Okay, so Yamaya or Yamaye, there's, I will go through all the different variations at the bottom, is a Yoruba orisha or goddess of the living ocean, considered the mother of all. Like, 
hollow. She is the source of all the waters, including the rivers of Western Africa, especially the River Ogun. Her name is a contraction of Ye Oma Asia, which means mother whose children are the fish. As all life is thought to have begun in the sea, all life is held to have begun with Yamaya. She is motherly and strongly protective and cares deeply for all of her children, comforting them and cleansing them of sorrow. She is said to be able to cure infertility in women and cowrie shells represent her wealth. She does not easily lose her temper, but when angered, she can be quite destructive and violent as the sea and storms like we were just talking about. Yamaya has brought to the new world with the African diaspora, and she is now worshipped in many cultures besides her original Africa. In Brazilian Kendall Bromle, I think that's correct, where she is known as Yemanya or Imandie, she is the sea mother who brings fish to the fishermen, and the crescent moon is her sign. Oceans, moon, y'all, yeah. You have to see the direct relationship there. As Yamanya Afrodo, also of Brazil, she protects boats traveling on the sea and grants safe passage. In Haitian voodoo, she is worshipped as a moon goddess and is believed to protect mothers and their children. She is associated with the mermaid spirit of La Serene, herself a form of Erzuli, who brings seduction and wealth, and La Balin, her sister, the whale. Yamaya rules over the surface of the ocean where life is concentrated. She is associated with the Orisha Oloken, who is variously described as female, male, or intersex who represents the depths of the ocean and the unconscious, and together they form a balance. She is the sister and wife of Anganju. Please uh, let me know also if these names are not correct. I am not super, super familiar with the Orisha, so please feel free to correct me. Because um, I'm not sure if it's like a phonetic pronunciation or something else. I should I, I should be pronouncing it another way. Um, the god of the soil and the mother of Oya, goddess of the wind. Our Lady of Regla in Brazil may be linked to her, and she is equated elsewhere in the Americas with the Virgin Mary as the Great Mother. In parts of Brazil, she is honored as the ocean goddess at the summer solstice, while in the North Sea and in the northeast of the country, her festival is held on February 2nd, a day that is also associated with her daughter Oya, as well as being the feast day of the Celtic bride, with offerings of blue and white flowers cast into the sea. Gemaya's colors are blue and white, and she is said to wear a dress of seven skirts that represents the seven seas. Sacred to her are peacocks and their beautiful blue-green uh, iridescence and ducks. The number seven is hers also for the seven seas. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that explains my obsession with uh, the number seven my entire life. So alternative spellings. Yamanya, Yamoya, Yamanye, Yamala, Yamana, Yamoja, Imanke, Yamanhe, Imanti. I think I said all of those right. All of those rights. And all of those rights. Why am I saying rights? And uh, she she may also be referred to, you may have heard before, of Mama Wata or Mother of the Waters. So that is the briefest, 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 briefest introduction to her. She is truly everything. She is a mom. She is the mom. And, you know, she. I wanted to read about her because she is so present in so many different cultures and has these, these roots all over the world. And so... I think it's better to know a little bit about each piece instead of just leaving out about, you know, like the Haitian voodoo or about the Yoruba or about the, the, the parts in Brazil or even in the Americas, you know, like she is not to, not to uh, say any puns here, but she is an amazing, amazing goddess to deep dive, if you will. So thank you, Yamanya, so much for showing up. Um, we, we are so thankful for that. You are amazing. Okay. Last one, I swear if this is Rhiannon, I'm going to lose my mind. Let's see who it is. 
I don't think we could have gotten a more perfect goddess to end out our goddess episodes on or a more, more perfect goddess to end out our episode where we talk all about our Samhain challenge and how important meditation is going to be in that challenge. We got Sig. Okay, so her meeting on her card is quiet time. <laughs> Are you screaming again? Well, don't scream because her meeting is quiet time. And this is the rest of the saying on her card. Take some quiet time alone to rest, meditate, and contemplate. I mean, if these goddesses are not lined up perfectly for this Samhain challenge, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they are all in and they are supporting this. And I feel I feel so just happy and thankful and, and have so much gratitude for them showing up tonight. This has been amazing. Okay. About Sig or Sej. The Gnostic goddess Sig is considered to be the great silence or voice in which all creation sprang. Did that give you chills? I just felt that in my bones. Sig reminds us that the that words create duality and that in silence we find our true origin and self. Whew. Quiet is omnipresent power that gives birth to wisdom, just as the Gnostics hold that Sig is the mother of Sophia, the goddess of wisdom. Sig teaches that our roots are in the silent void of the universe and that it's important for us to reconnect with silence regularly. Oh, you know, as if every day for the next 30 days, you take some time to meditate and connect to that silence. Oh, I love this. Okay, so let's talk about the meanings of her card. Go on a retreat. Listen more and talk less. That's probably about me personally. <laughs> Avoid loud noise and sounds. Meditate. Her card literally is telling us it means in her presence as a goddess means meditate. Surrender mind chatter to heaven. Know that you are more sensitive to noise now. <sighs> wow. I mean, it's, it's all there. It's all there. I even feel bad, like, talking about her card in such a high volume. But I'm very excited that she showed up. I'm very excited that she is being this beacon and this reminder for how important quiet can be in our lives and how important it will be, especially with our Samhain Challenge. I mean, if, if there was ever more a message to meditate, I can't think of one. This is it. Seek has come through. She has told us the importance of quiet time, the importance of letting ourselves just kind of release and escape into that void and get back to our true inner selves. And it is true. <laughs> it is through that truth with ourselves that we will really be able to find what we want to manifest, what our intentions need to be, what we need to set, making that spell really stick. And from that truth will come all of the power that we need to infuse into that manifestation to let it come to fruition. What a, what a brilliant, beautiful card. I like, I'm so thankful that all five of these amazing goddesses have showed up tonight. And I'm so thankful that Sig just stuck it out until the end. And here she is. And literally in her card, I mean, she's, she's this beautiful, like blue periwinkle figure and she just looks ethereal and otherworldly. And she's just like gently holding her finger up to her lips to remind you it is okay to embrace the quiet. It is okay to meditate. And not only is it okay, but it is so important. So let's not neglect it. Let's not let her down. She's telling me in my ear, she's going, it's okay. It's okay to let the quiet take over a little bit. So that is what we're certainly going to strive to do with our manifestation box. Sig, thank you for the reminder and thank you for closing us out. I have adored this series. Thank you for sticking it out with me and I hope you really enjoyed learning about the goddesses. Of course, there are so many more and we could definitely pick this up, you know, at another time. 
But now that it's October, baby, we got to get into some new stuff. We got to talk about the spookiness of it all, the sound of it all, the crone of it all, the ghosties of it all, the Milky Way bars of it all, <laughs> everything. We have so much to talk about. And I'm just so thankful that you are all a part of this journey and that you're here and you keep coming back and keep telling your friends and that you're in the Facebook group and you tweet me and text, not text me, uh, tweet me and uh, what's the other thing? Instagram me. <laughs> isn't it funny I always forget Instagram when it's my literal job um email me all that stuff it's just been amazing to get to know you all I am so thankful you're here I'm so thankful we're gonna do this October together as someone who has been a solitary witch her entire life I truly did not know the power of the coven until we had this one and I I'm so thankful I'm thankful for the goddesses I'm thankful for you all and I'm so excited to do this challenge with you. I cannot wait to see what we manifest. I believe in all of us. I know for a fact, indisputable fact that we all deserve good. I believe that wholeheartedly from the literal bottom of my witchy heart, from the bottom of my witchy toes, I believe that we all deserve good. And I want you to believe it. And I want you to manifest your truest heart's desire because you deserve it. So, of course, your homework this week is going to be to start your Samhain challenge. We know everything we need to do. It's time to put it into practice. So get that box, put your manifestation in it, write it down, set that intention, put in all your magical trinkets and your magical tools, get your candles, light them, say the spell, set it, mean it, and come back and meditate on it every day. Try to make a practice of doing it every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. Touch the box strengthen that bond, be in communication, you know, visualize, 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 and repeat that spell. Keep coming back to it. And let's see what happens. Cause I think we truly are going to do some phenomenal things. And maybe, maybe it will be Alexander Skarsgård and I can go to Bill and be like, hello, Bill, just so you know, this is what it could have been. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if Bill Skarsgård is happy, I am happy for him because that is truly what love is being able to be happy for the other person or I mean, so I hear. <laughs> so, um, instead of doing one crystal of the week this week, I was thinking, let's just go over which ones would be good for what, which I'm sure you already know these, but just in case you're wondering like, which stone should I put into my box? These are the ones for manifesting love. You're going to want to go with a rose quartz for abundance. You're going to want, you're going to want to go with a citrine, of course, um, if you are working on your own spiritual journey on when I'm manifesting your personal witchcraft and your wisdom and your like innate ability to do magic and amethyst is a great stone for that. If you want to do change, obsidian is a really good stone and kind of your universal amplifying stone for all manifesting is going to be your clear quartz. So if nothing else, get that clear quartz in hand and a clear quartz in combination with a rose quartz or with a citrine are amazing. Oh, I also wanted to say I am going to top my box with um, black tourmaline because I just want it to be as safe and protected as possible. That's also why I'm sealing mine. So if you too would like to take an obsidian or a black tourmaline, one of, one of our jet, like a good arrowhead, a good black stone and place it on top just to kind of, you know, be like it's it's personal, um, what are those cameras called? It's personal ring system where you can see like something approaching and be like, back away, back away. So I am going to put a black terminal line right in the center of my box to keep it all safe and protected. So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Pretty much it an hour and 30 minutes later. <laughs> that is it for this week though. Um, you know, I, again, can't wait to see what you're going to do with your manifestation box. Can't wait to check in in 30 days. Well, we'll obviously be checking in, but before then, 
We'll be checking it every week. Don't worry. Uh, and I can't wait to see what the months ahead hold for us after we put all this work in. Uh, thebatwitchpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, if you have any more questions about the manifestation box, do not be shy. I am actually caught up on them for once in my life, so I should be able to get back to you pretty quickly. The Batwitch Facebook group. Um, the answer is The Craft. I will also take The Covenant. I will take Blubber. I will take Blubber. Someone wrote, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what they wrote, but it was like, the craft, and of course, who for, who can forget your devastating breakup with Bill Skarsgård? And I was like, yes, <laughs> this is the best answer. That's why I know you're paying attention. So just make sure it's something where I know that you have listened. And I know a few people, well, I guess you won't hear it if you're only listening to the first couple episodes. So never mind. Um, Bad, Wish, Bad Witch merch, uh, Teespring, the link is in the episode notes where everything else will be. And they're still selling like hotcakes. You guys are amazing like you're just you're just amazing and please post pictures when you have your merch because I love seeing you all look so freaking adorable so please post pictures so I can see and like brag about you to my mom and stuff and <laughs> uh, patreon.com if you want to sign up after this episode you will uh, get the full month and I mean that doesn't matter so much with my patreon as it does with like other creators but um you know you can still get your readings and stuff before I head across halfway across the well, halfway yeah, because all the way would just be right where I'm standing, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so before I go halfway across the world, you can get your reading in because this is a really great month to do it too because we have Samhain, obviously. And am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. Okay, my loves, I am proud of you. I am proud of you before you even start doing your Samhain challenge. I know you are going to absolutely kill it. We are all in this together. Don't be afraid to ask for support. Don't be, don't be afraid to ask for ask questions of me, of the coven members, of the goddesses, of whomever you feel supported by. That's what we're all here for. You deserve good. Do not forget that you deserve good and do not be afraid to ask for the stars. Okay. I love you all. I will talk to you next week. Blessed be and goodbye.